centre of half the mischief in England, and the sporting squire, the most astute secret service man in Europe. Genius, my dear von Bork, genius. Ah, you flatter me, Baron, but certainly I may claim that my four years in this country have not been unproductive. I've never shown you my little store. Would you mind stepping in for a moment? The door of the study opened straight onto the terrace. Von Bork pushed it back, and leading the way, he clicked the switch of the electric light. He then closed the door behind the bulky form, which followed him, and carefully adjusted the heavy curtain over the latticed window. Only when all these precautions had been taken and tested did he turn his sunburned, aquiline face to his guest. Some of my papers have gone. When my wife and the household left yesterday for flushing, they took the less important with them. I must, of course, claim the protection of the embassy for the others. Your name has already been filed as one of the personal suite. There will be no difficulty for you or your baggage. Of course, it is just possible that we may not have to go. England may leave France to her fate. We are sure that there is no binding treaty between them. And Belgium? Oh, yes, yes, and Belgium too. Van Bork shook his head. I don't see how that could be. There is a definite treaty there. She could never recover from such a humiliation. She would at least have peace for the moment. But her honor... My dear sir, we live in a utilitarian age. Honor is a medieval conception. Besides, England is not ready. It is an inconceivable thing, but even our special war tax of 50 million, which one would think made our purpose as clear as if we had advertised it on the front page of the Times, has not roused these people from their slumbers. Here and there one hears a question. It is my business to find an answer. Here and there also there is an irritation. It is my business to soothe it, but I can assure you that as far as the essentials go, the storage of munitions, the preparation for submarine attack... The arrangements for making high explosives, nothing is prepared. How then can England come in? Especially when we have stirred her up such a devil's brew of Irish civil war, window-breaking furies, and God knows what to keep her thoughts at home. She must think of the future. Ah, that is another matter. I fancy that in the future we have our own very definite plans about England, and that your information will be vital to us. It is today or tomorrow with Mr. John Bull. If he prefers today, we are perfectly ready. If it is tomorrow, we shall be more ready still. I should think they would be wiser to fight with allies than without them. But that is their own affair. This week is their week of destiny. But you were speaking about your papers. He sat in the armchair with the light shining upon his broad, bald head while he puffed sedately at his cigar. The large oak-panelled book-lined room had a curtain hung in the further corner. When this was drawn, it disclosed a large brass-bound safe. Von Bork detached a small key from his watch-chain, and after some considerable manipulation of the lock, he swung open the heavy door. Take a look at this, Baron. The light shone vividly into the open safe, and the secretary of the embassy gazed with an absorbed interest at the rows of stuffed pigeonholes with which it was furnished. Each pigeonhole had its label and his eyes, as he glanced along them, read a long series of such titles as Fords, Harbour Defences, Aeroplanes, Ireland, Egypt, Portsmouth Forts, The Channel, Rosyth, and a score of others. Each compartment was bristling with papers and plans. This is colossal! The secretary put down his cigar and softly clapped his fat hands. And all in four years, Baron! Not such a bad show for the hard-drinking, hard-riding country squire. But the gem of my collection is coming, and there is the setting all ready for it. He pointed to a space over which naval signals was printed, 
But you have a good dossier there already. Out of date and waste paper. The Admiralty in some way got the alarm, and every code has been changed. It was a blow, Baron. The worst setback in my whole campaign. But thanks to my checkbook and the good Altamont, all will be well tonight. The Baron looked at his watch and gave a guttural exclamation of disappointment. Well, I can really wait no longer. You can imagine that these things are moving at present in Carlton Terrace, and that we have all to be at our posts. I had hoped to be able to bring news of your great coup. Did Altamont name no hour? Von Bork pushed over a telegram. We'll come without fail tonight and bring new sparking plugs. Altamont. Hmm, sparking plugs, eh? You see, he poses as a motor expert, and I keep a full garage. In our code, everything likely to come up is named after some spare part. If he talks of a radiator, it is a battleship, of an oil pump, a cruiser, and so on.